Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Vitalis for well-groomed hair and true shave, a hand lotion with a beforehand extra, bring you Duffy's Tavern with our guest tonight, Marlena Dietrich. And starring Archie himself, Ed Gardner. <laughs> Listen, this is important to every woman. Get more from your hand lotion by getting Truche. For Truche is a different hand lotion with a beforehand extra. Truche not only makes your hands feel softer and smoother, but Truche's beforehand extra actually chapproofs your hands too. As long as Truche is on your hands while you're doing dishes or while you're outdoors, your hands will be protected against chapping, water chapping as well as weather chapping. And you can continue this protection during prolonged exposure by using Truche frequently. So for softer, lovelier, chap-proofed hands, begin the day to use Truche. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Where do you leave me to eat? Archie, to mind you speaking, Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Uh, tonight, uh, Marlena Dietrich. Hmm. What a hunk of cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, Duffy. You know, half the men in America give anything to go out with her. And the other half is under 12 years of age. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Now, if you was a college boy out on a desert island, she'd be the one most likely to. <laughs> well, uh, I'm writing a television show for her. Television. Duffy, such language. Now, look, television ain't that bad. In fact, if you just keep your eyes closed, it don't sound no worse than radio. <laughs> well, uh, I got to get busy, Duffy. I'll call you back. <laughs> I thought you'd give up writing for television after Mickey Rooney turned you down last week. Eddie, don't forget the old motto. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Yeah, but don't you forget the other motto. What's that? If you're a flop, stop. <laughs> very, very cute rhyme, Mr. Green. Have you heard this one? A waiter who makes an insulting remark may wake up asleep on a bench in the park. <laughs> Well, all I got to say is, after seven long years in a dump like this, a bench in the park would be heavenly bliss. <laughs> you know, why don't you quit wasting your time? Now, wait a minute. Maybe this play won't win the Putzler Prize. <laughs> Maybe it won't win the Critics Award. Uh, then what am I doing it for? Now, you kind of come around here now. Well, <laughs> it's, it's down here, you know. Well, you're visual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway... <laughs> we must rehearse these things sometime. <laughs> With me, money is its own reward anyhow, will you? Now, well, anyhow, let's see here. Mm -hmm. Scene two, the cattle rustler. <laughs> the cattle rustler... Yeah. Whistle softly to his pimento pony. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, the hero enters. Yeah. This new one gonna be a western. Western, yeah. yeah. And a western that's really different, Eddie, you know, a new angle. It's about a cowboy and his horse. What's different about that? The cowboy is smarter than the horse. <laughs> well, how, how do 
Marlene and Lisa fit into this picture? At the eternal triangle, uh, Marlene comes between the cowboy and the pimento. <laughs> you see, the hero suddenly gets rich and he starts to shower Marlene with uh, diamond rings and Cadillacs and Speed Queen washing machines and uh, <laughs> I.J. Fox mink coats and yachts, you see. But uh, she is too proud to accept his gifts. Yeah, so what does she do? She sells them and keeps the money. <laughs> now, in scene two, they go to Venice for their honeymoon. The horse feels a little out of place, of course. But it's a beautiful moonlight night. And the two lovers are sitting in a gondola, see, holding hands, while soft Italian voices weft gently over the waters. Suddenly, she turns to him and says... What are you doing? Well, I'm uh, about to give birth to a brainchild. Ooh, shall I boil some hot water? Then again, I'm writing a play for television. Uh, television? Ain't that blown over yet? What's this play about, Art? Well, it's a cowboy story. Doesn't move me. Why don't you Why don't you write a spy story? Spy story? Hmm. Yeah, wait a minute. That gives me an idea. What's your idea? I think I'll write a spy story. Doesn't move me. <laughs> this is a guarantee it'll be good. <clears throat> Eddie, give me another hunk of paper. Now, you just used up the last sheet. Okay, I'll write it on the back of the menu. Yeah, now neither side will be fit for human consumption. <laughs> Look, how can you write plays when you can't even spell? It's a tribute to me, genius. How long is it going to take you to write this masterpiece? Well, if I could stop being interrupted, about ten minutes. Ten minutes? That long? I'm a bug on punctuation. <laughs> now, let's see here. Marlena Dietrich is the head of the spy ring. The scene opens. Enter the Duke. The Duke is followed by the King, who is in turn followed by the beautiful Marlena, who is in turn followed by the army. <laughs> Joe. Well, what's new? Oh, nothing. Just trying to write some dialogue here. Ah. Arch, this is dialogue? What's wrong with it? Well, here, for instance, you have the king dying, a sword in his back. And for his last words, what does he say? What anybody would say. Ouch! <laughs> what would you say if you had a sword in your back? Oh, but Arch, this is a king. His last words should be important. Like what? Well, for example... With his last dying gasp, he might say, Vitalis tames down dry, hard-to-manage hair. These is his last words, huh? Uh, Not quite. He still has enough breath left to say, Vitalis actually prevents hair and scalp dryness, refreshes and helps stimulate the scalp. These are the words he says with his very last breath? Yes. Good. (laughs) Then he gets his second wind. Darn... (laughs) Darn that penicillin. (laughs) With a superhuman effort, the king says, Vitalis and the famous 60-second workout keeps hair handsome and healthy-looking, well-groomed, without a greasy patent leather shine, because there's not a single drop of mineral oil in Vitalis. And then the king drops dead. No, Arch. He should. (laughs) 
He gets so enthusiastic talking about Vitalis that he jumps right up and runs to the drugstore to buy a bottle. Joe, you know, you gave me a terrific idea. I think instead of stabbing the king, I'll just let him talk himself to death. Yeah. Who? Uh, oh, Marlena! Archie. Yeah? Don't move. Just stand there and let me look at you. Those eyes. Those broad shoulders. That manly chest. Marlena, what's on your mind? Clark Abel. Oh, you're just pulling me leg, huh? Archie? Yes. Let me see your legs. Okay, honey. <laughs> uh, Gable again? No, skinny Ennis. <laughs> I'll turn the other cheek. <clears throat> Marlena, I... I like that dress you're practically wearing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, I bought it in Paris. Yeah, huh? Which shrank first, the plank or the dress? <laughs> Never have I seen so little uncover so much. Archie, do you get slapped in the face very often? Well, I didn't get this healthy, ruddy complexion from outdoor exercise. <laughs> and please be a little understanding, you know. A guy would have to be a coward not to make a pass at a dame like you. You know, I don't know what it is, Marlena, but there's something about you that I like. Well, do you mind if I sit down and cross them? Please do Archie Yeah? Who's that funny-looking little man sitting over there at the bar? You mean the one looking at his own legs? Yes Who else? Finnegan Would you like to meet him? Might be fun Have a ghoulish sense of humor Okay, I'll introduce you, but uh, understand he's a little shy. You see, ever since the army turned him down and took his dog instead, uh, he's uh, had an inferiority complex. <clears throat> oh, Finnegan. Uh, Finnegan, come in. Look, old man. There comes a point in a man's life when he has to learn certain things. What I mean is... Well, I'd like to talk to you as a father to a son. You see, you're no longer a little boy, Finnegan. You're a grown man now. And I feel that the time has come for you to meet Marlena Dietrich. Uh, is, is this anything like the birds and the bees, or? Finnegan, this is the birds and the bees. Now, say hello to Marlena. Hello. Hello. Oh, boy, now I can have a baby. <laughs> You'll have to excuse him, Marlene. He ain't read the Kinsey report. <laughs> now, look, as I started to tell you, I got this spy story, and... By the way, did you ever have a sudden craving to go on television? Television? Yeah. Yes. You mean radio with a St. Vitus dance? Yeah, sort of a slow waltz. <clears throat> That's one way of putting it, but uh, right now television is uh, merely in its infancy, you see. It's just a child. You mean it should be heard and not seen? That's another way of putting it, yes. <laughs> but anyhow, as I was saying, I, uh, I wrote a spy story that fits you to a teeth. 
Archie, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess there's nothing left to do but play me ace card. Uh, Marlena, in this play, I make love to you. This I can't resist. I thought that'd do it. rehearsed this television show. You see, Marlena, uh, what you've got to remember, of course, is that this script is 20 years ahead of its time. I can wait. <laughs> Archie, this dialogue. Dialogue? So what? With your legs in my profile, who's going to listen to dialogue? <laughs> now, come on, Eddie, read the opening announcement. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, and lovers of good entertainment, it's bad news tonight. <laughs> Take to the script. Oh. Okay. Uh, our play tonight is a story of royal romance and intrigue. It takes place in the mythical kingdom of gluttony. A grouse stark speaking nation. The characters in this play are fictitious and have no resemblance to anything. <laughs> It is the story of a woman, Mrs. Dietrich, a woman who gave up riches for true love. A fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Matty, uh, some mythical music, please. Thank you. And now on with the show. Miss Dietrich plays the part of Lady Windermere. I play the part of the Duke of Perhapsburg. And Finnegan plays the part of King Umlaut. Our play opens with a scene. It is the night of King Umlaut's ball, and from the Palace of Gluttony, we hear gay music. Suddenly, there is the bleeding of trumpets. It is His Royal Highness King Umlaut. He speaks. I am the half-witted king. Shall we dance the shanish? It's a gazette. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, wait, 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 Lady Windermere. Enough of this, sham. I know that you are a spy. Why did you come here to the palace? I came to warn your majesty. Your subjects are discontent. They are hungry. Oh, they'll find something to eat. <laughs> but what? The spinach crop has failed this year. What a meat broccoli. <laughs> but pray, how does this concern you? I came to warn us, thee, that the people have a new leader, a roguish knave who at this moment is plotting to have thy royal head. What does he want with my head? That's what has everybody puzzled. Spy Windermere? Yes? Forsooth, speak the name of this villain who plots against me. First, sire, speak your price. Uh, I'll give you 86 pesos. But, sire, in the Balkans, they paid me four drachmas and ten gelding. How much is that in our money? A moon and sixpence. Five bucks, eh? Well, good uh, deal, Lady Windermere. Now, quick, quick. The name of my enemy. It is your trusted friend, sire. The Duke of Perhapsburg. <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> my old schoolmate, Perhapsburg of Heidelberg. A traitor. How can he look me in the face? Well... That isn't easy. 
But have no fear, Your Highness. I will settle with the Duke of Perhapsburg. <laughs> ah, hot thy tongue. Here comes the traitor now. Your Majesty. Yes? I would like your permission to cut in for a remainder of this dance. Oh, granted. Your Majesty dances divinely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> your Majesty, come here. Yeah? The people of Gluttony are demanding that you give up your throne. Even now, they are at the gates. Ye good cat juice, what was that? Tis an arrow, sire, shot from the mob with a message attached there, too. A message? Yes. A message from our sponsor, Shimmel Barker the Baker. <laughs> See how we wave the commercial in, Marlena? Very subtle. Yeah. Now go ahead, read it. I read the commercial? Oh, yes, we like to have our product glamorized. What is the product? Donuts. Uh, proceed ahead. Mm-hmm. Folks, for donkey crunchy donuts, go to Schimmelbacher's. Schimmelbacher's donuts are 99% pure. They float in your coffee. The only donut with a square hole won't slip in your grip. And remember, the holes are made with filtered air. Another thing... Schimmelbacher's donuts are healthy. They are fortified with iron. Listen to what one satisfied dunker had to say. I've been an iron peddler for nigh on to 20 years. And I ain't never peddled no iron better than goes into Schimmelbacher's donuts. Schimmelbacher always gets the top of the puddle. And now back to our story. The note which had been delivered by Arrow was not only a commercial, it was also a warning to the Duke that Lady Windermere was a spy. The note suggested that Perhapsburg pay her a visit in her boudoir. This fitted in neatly with the Duke's plans. <laughs> the hourglass strikes midnight as the Duke quietly slips into Milady's boudoir. Duke of Perhapsburg, what are you doing in my boudoir? Just browsing. <laughs> Well, this is a surprise. May I light a taper for you? No, thank you. Never touch him. <clears throat> what is it you want, Duke? Lady Windermere, leave us not mince no words. Tis rumored that thou art a spy. It's a lie. Then uh, what doest thou for a living? Espionage work. <laughs> Espionage? Oh, somebody told me you was a spy. <laughs> oh, just idle gossip. Yeah. <laughs> By the way... Have you heard any military secrets lately? Yeah. Are we alone? Yeah. Okay. Tomorrow, I march with me regiment to overthrow the king. Really? Yeah, but don't say nothing about it. Not a word. But here, sire, sit ye doon on the cooch. This is romantic. Tell me, how many men are there in your regiment? Fifteen hundred. This is very romantic. <laughs> you know, it's refreshing to find a woman like you who takes an interest in a man's work. Thank you. Tell me, how many cannons do you have in your regiment? Six hundred. Lady Windermere, why are you making notes? Just a hobby. Oh. Duke, will you do me a favor? What? Take this note over to the window and fasten it onto that pigeon's leg. I didn't know you kept pigeons. <laughs> Another hobby. Oh, yeah. Lady Wonderman, speaking of hobbies, will you marry me? Has the pigeon left yet? Yes. 
Then scram. Look, don't try to conceal your passion for me, Millicent. Here. Let me hold you in my arms and... Uh... Excuse me, sir. Oh, how timely. It's me manservant. <laughs> what is it, Violet? I bring you a message from the head of the horses, Grenadines. <laughs> Give me the message. He get your zooks. Here, read it, Lady Windermere. Folks, have you tried Turk McGurk's gymnasium? Archie, another commercial. Well, we ain't in this thing for love, you know. <laughs> read it. Well, it can't be any worse than the rest of this stuff. Does your sweetheart call you fatso? Is it years since you have seen your feet? When you step on the scale, does a card come out saying, you and who else? Do you have fainting spells after you have eaten like a pig? Watch out for those subtle danger signals. They may mean that you are overweight. But don't despair. You can easily lose that ugly fat the safe and sane way at McGurk's refined gymnasium. No dangerous pills to take. No complicated diets to remember. McGurk simply locks you in a room for three weeks without food. <laughs> so go to McGurk's today. Remember the spelling F-A-T-T. And now, back to our story. <clears throat> the note that the manservant had delivered to the Duke was not only a commercial, but it also contained the news that Napoleon had landed at Elbow. <laughs> well, Lady Man, Windermere, take it, it'd be wonderful. <clears throat> if it is true that Napoleon has landed at Elbow, it means that I must leave with my regiment when the rooster crows. But before I depart, I have a confession. Confession? Yes. You have heard of the mysterious underground leader of the people of Gluttony? You don't mean that you are... Yes. I am the Scarlet Pumpernickel. <laughs> the Duke of Perhaps, too? Yes. I love you, Cyril. And I, too, have a confession. A confession? Yes. You've heard those propaganda broadcasts from the palace. The ones like Axis Sally? Yes. You mean that you are... Yes. I am Gluttony Gladys. <laughs> but that is all past. Come close to me and hold me in your arms. Mm. I wonder if I could get that rooster to crow a little later this time. <laughs> Stop! King Umlaut, what are you doing here? I was hiding in my lady's closet. You mean that you eavesdropped everything we said? Yes. And now, Duke of Hatchburg, you traitor, you shall die. Take that! Ouch! Cyril, you've been wounded. <laughs> Tis nothing, Lady Windermere. He merely grazed my heart. Wait, your blood. What about it? It's blue. Blue? He could get gazooks. You're right, my blood is blue. I wonder how come. Wait! I can explain everything. <laughs> Oh, tis a strange gypsy. Where comest thou from, gypsy? I was hiding in the closet. Oh. Better get that closet cleaned out, Uncle. Shut up, Betty. Uh, who are you, gypsy? Uh, speak up. I'm the beautiful Carmelita, queen of a roving band of crooked gypsies. You sure did a lot of roving. <laughs> Duke of the Hapsburg, when you 
when you weren't born, I sneaked into the royal nursery and switched babies. You mean... King Umlaut is your twin brother. The half-witted king is me brother? Duke, this means that you are also an umlaut. Uh, it's only one way to find out. We'll see if he has the mark of the umlaut family on his shoulder. The mark of the umlaut family? Yeah, rip open his shirt. You see, you are right. He carries the mark of the umlaut. See? There is no mole on his shoulder. That's right. All the umlauts have no moles on their shoulders. Yeah, it's a family curse. You mean? Yes. Then I am the rightful king of Gluttony. You are, Your Majesty. Lady Windermere, you may call me Cyril. From this day on, gluttony will be a democracy. <laughs> well, Molino, what did you think of the rehearsal? Archie, I, I just got a new television set. And you've got to promise me something. Why? That nobody else will play the part of Lady Windermere. You really think it's that good? No. But if I'm in the show, I won't have to watch it. <laughs> way to discover something better is to try it. That's why I want you to try Benex Brushless Shave Cream. Benex is the new wonder shave with a sensational beard softening formula that has brought better shaving to thousands of men. Benex Brushless leaves your face feeling extra smooth and comfortable. And Benex doesn't clog your razor or drain either. But don't take our word for it. Just try Benex yourself. Get a tube at your nearest drug counter. Or we'll send you a trial tube free. Write your name and address on a postcard... And mail to Benex, B-E-N-E-X, Empire State Building, New York 1, New York. Remember, buy Benex Brushless, or try it free by writing Benex, Empire State Building, New York. Hurry, offer limited. Hello? Hello, Duffy. Uh, Look, I I want you to give away some money. Now, don't fly into a transom. It's for the Red Cross. But, Duffy, the Red Cross is a wonderful cause. They they do a lot of good, you know, for disabled veterans and their families and sick people and people that ain't got enough dough to eat on you. You really ought to give them something. Sure, it's your, it's your one chance to help serve humanity. Well, don't worry. Humanity's broad-minded. They won't mind a contribution from another species. <laughs> You'll do it, huh? Okay, Duffy. Good night. It's time now to leave Duffy's Tavern for this evening, but let's meet here again at the same time next Wednesday. Duffy's Tavern is brought to you by Vitalis for well-groomed hair and True Shave, a hand lotion with a beforehand extra. (laughs) 